0: Hey, guys. Welcome back to my podcast. This is Journeys with Jen. I'm Jennifer Griego. Today, um, I am very excited for this podcast. I am talking to Justin Walker, who works for Global Rescue. Um, Global Rescue was founded in 2004. And they provide like integrated medical, security, travel risk, and crisis management services, which is available anywhere. So, kind of how I understand that is, um, you can kind of call them. We use it for hunting. You can call them if you're in emergency, and they will come help you as much as they can. So, uh, hey, Justin, how you doing? Good.
1: How are you guys doing today?
0: We're doing good.
2: Yeah. Doing great. And thanks so much for for coming on here with us, Justin. And you're we're on the phone with you from Utah. Is that right? No,
0: he's from Utah, but. Where are you? you I'm originally from Utah, um, but I'm currently
1: in New Hampshire, where our um, North American base of operations is. Mm. Uh, It's in Lebanon, New Hampshire, is where we're stationed, so.
0: Yeah, very (laughs) different from Utah, I would assume.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That does explain the Uh, three-hour time difference.
1: (laughs) 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 Yes, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to take my shot at uh, hunting whitetail. I've uh, patterned them up this year, and so. We'll, uh, we'll see what happens. I've killed some coos deer in Arizona, but never uh, hunted whitetail, uh, wow. at least not in the Northeast. So it's it's my first time, and I've got a few prospects on, on the way, so we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Awesome. Well, good luck. I started hunting coos deer this weekend, and my dad and I sat in a blind for 32 hours and didn't even see a deer, so that was fun. <laughs> Great way to start that.
2: <laughs> and it's such a pleasant time of year to sit in an enclosed plastic blind, yeah. um, you know, Nothing like being a little sauna.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've actually, I've killed a, uh, I've killed a coos deer spawn stock with my bow, and that is wow. no easy task.
0: That is, yeah. that, is wow. that. Well, congrats to you. That's yeah, awesome. I've sat in,
1: yeah, I've sat in plenty of blinds in Africa and, and, and kind of all over the world, and. Um, I'm not a big blind guy, and so if I can get out and chase them, I'll try. And, mm-hmm. yeah, those coos deer, they're, they're jumping your strings, and they're they a the tough animals to chase with a bow. But, yeah, I was uh, fortunate to have one come at me in the rut and uh, capitalize on that situation, doesn't I?
2: That's awesome. That's not easy to do, so no. well done.
0: <laughs> yeah, All thank you. All right. Well, um, to kind of talk about global rescue, just kind of real quickly, so I can talk about it a little bit more. Can you kind of explain, like, the basis and what a global rescue does?
1: Sure. I'd I'd say the most common uh, factor that we're known for to hunters and anglers around the world is field rescue. Hmm. Um, So, you know, when you're stuck in a sticky situation out in the middle of nowhere or at, you know, 9,000 feet and something goes wrong, um, you know, if you have a, a membership with us, you would call our operations team uh, anywhere in the world, 24-7. You'd have access to uh, those numbers, and you'd be able to call us up, and we would orchestrate your rescue. So depending on where you're at, um, you know, we have deployable teams um, all over the world. We have five different medical centers, uh, just about 250 medical staff working for us. Um, our director of operations, he's in uh, Lebanon, New Hampshire, but he has a counterpart that's in Manila, and so we're running 24-7 and just, uh, you know, saving lives all over and, and doing what we can. Unfortunately, we can't save everyone, but we mm-hmm. do our best to uh, get, get you out when you need it.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Um And kind of before I get into the questions, I just wanted to say, um, for those of you who do know and have heard about my Grand Slam journey, um, having access to global rescue was a very big part in me going on those hunts because they are in the middle of nowhere, Um, half of them were anyway. And it took like two days to get there. So having global rescue kind of as an option if I ever were to need it, definitely help calm my mom down at home and made me and my dad feel comfortable on the mountain because if anything did go wrong, thank the Lord it did not. But if anything did, it was very comforting to be able to have you guys there if I were to ever need anything.
2: Yeah. And with, um, with Jennifer's cystic fibrosis, when she, her last clinical appointment here in Phoenix before she left and her doctor and her team of, um, assistants, you know, nutritionists and nurses and everything, there, they were all very nervous that she was going on this, this um, journey and this challenge to try to become the first person with cystic fibrosis to get all four North American wild sheep. But it was very uh, reassuring to them and to Carol and for us to know that if something went wrong, in addition to having myself there as a physician and all the medications and stuff that we packed for her and breathing treatments and things for her gastrointestinal issues or whatever, we um, were able we would be able to get out or have assistance from global rescue if uh, that was a deal. And it was very good peace of mind and a, um, a very valuable insurance policy for us. And I know that we would not have tried to do it without something available to us like that. So Justin is a background. That was, um, a huge part of us being able to get her, her, um, grand slam accomplished. That's awesome. Yeah. So happy to
1: help. And, I think, uh, you know, speaking to that point, uh, you know, the difference between, like, travel insurance or, you know, travel insurance policy versus global rescue is, you know, we're field evacuation, and a lot of those travel insurance is going to be, you know, once you get to a medical facility or you're picked up by the authorities, then, you know, then they'll get you out or they'll evacuate. where, you know, we're going to do that field rescue, we're going to orchestrate that. And, um, you know, once something happens, you know, you're calling in, you're talking to our operations uh, individuals and, and, you know, talking to a paramedic or a medical care professional within, you know, a couple of minutes, anywhere in the world. Um, there's no other organization that offers, you know, that level of service with, you know, on the medical side and then obviously on the operation side, you know, to get you out. Um, you know, it's just... I love I love what I do and I and I hear stories every day. I mean, I could just go on and on about you know when we've you know been able to get people out and uh, you know some of those situations get a little get a little hairy and uh, you know we do our best uh, especially with with the tools that we have and and weather and you know who knows fires everything you know it just it doesn't matter what's going on we'll try to get you out but uh, and the elements don't always cooperate.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: yeah Yeah. exactly Uh, yeah it can be difficult to fly anything there are places that we are where you know you can't even get a helicopter in because you can't see you know Mm -hmm. and can't get through the mountain passes and things like that but there are also many many situations where your best case um, scenario to survive something is to get a helicopter in to get you you know some sort of medical treatment and stabilized and transported to um, the hospital or whatever other facility you're going to need. And that's where you guys come in.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, kind of the joke running around the office uh, for mm-hmm. the last little while is, that, you know, we'll get you out by any means necessary, whether that's, you know, helicopter, boat, or donkey. <laughs> uh, because we actually, we, we did have a gentleman that um, was in Russia, and getting off of a boat, he slipped and uh, he broke two of his bones in his wow. neck. We had to make it. where he was at was so remote and in such a tight spot there was no bringing a chopper in, and so you know we had to we had to go several hundred yards with a uh, you know with some broken bones uh, on a plank on top of a donkey. Oh <laughs> wow! So you know you know well, any means necessary you know we'll do what we can. Yeah. Um I think it's important to note that, you know, yeah, we have five operation centers worldwide, but we can't be everywhere at once. And Mm -hmm. so what our operations team do on, you know, if they do have downtime, um, they're out in the entire world vetting partners, you know, evacuation partners, medical care professionals, medical centers, and, you know, making sure they meet our standards. And so you know, when something does happen, it's our job to get you to that medical center. And and the big difference between us and, like, a lot of the local authorities in, you know, maybe a third-world country or some of these areas where their government isn't as strong as, as it is in the U.S. or, or some of the countries that are better off around the world, you know, we're the ones making the decision. You know, we're telling them to move to the right or the left or, you know, wherever we want them to go. And I think that's a the, the big difference as well. You know, we don't have all of these helicopters everywhere, like everybody thinks, but we have set up these, um, you know, partners, or we call them assets in our area, uh, more in that particular area, depending on the country you're in, and, and we're contracting them out so we can make the decisions on evacuating and then deploying our personnel to the medical center to make sure that you're taking care of and getting the care that you need. So, you know, it's kind of a two-way street. Um, you know, we're, we're working on both ends, you know, Again, just trying to give that ease of mind, and, and when something does go wrong, we want to be able to, uh, you know, kick in and get you out as quick as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, especially if it's really emergent. Um, kind of towards like the founding of it. Who founded Global Rescue, and kind of what was their like initiating event or idea that inspired them to found it?
1: Yeah, no. Uh, so Dan Richards is the CEO of, um, and founder of Global Rescue. Founded it in 2004. Um, he was in the baking industry um, or financial industry in New York. Worked that for almost 10 years. And he was, uh, he was getting ready to go on a, a trip um, out of the country. And he looked for something like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's going to a remote area. So he looked for, you know, something that would ensure him or, you know, give him that peace of mind if he was going into one of these remote areas. And so... Um, he couldn't find anything. And from there, you know, he, his mind just got working. And if you've met Dan Richards, I mean, he's, he's a go getter and uh, such a great guy to work for. And, and, um, you know, he started the company and it just kind of took off from there. And he's, he's worked really hard to get it where it's at. And, uh, you know, now we're, we've done over 20,000 operations. And, uh, you know, like I said, we've got 250 medical staff and, and to walk into our um, American Operations Center, you know, you walk into the, the office and you see these uh, professionals working. You know, every one of our operations uh, individuals is either a paramedic, a nurse, or a doctor. Oh, really? um, and so, you know, they're all working around the clocks to take care of individuals. And, you know, it's, it's not always the, uh, you know, glamorous, cool, you know, people are making Everest or, you know, hunting in, in Africa, mm-hmm. it's, you know, the advisory services. You know, we do a lot of passport help. And we do, you know, when you're out traveling, you get bit. You know, you've got something, you know, that's not, not looking right or feeling right. That's, you know, we help you there, too. So, and they call in and, and within, you know, a minute you're talking to, uh, you know, a physician or a, you know, a paramedic or, or a nurse, somebody who's certified to, you know, advise you on, you know, what you should do next. Mm-hmm. So... You know, those are, those are big services as well. And, and, you know, to see our operations team work is, is something else. It's, it's really cool
0: to see. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you kind of just touch on this. So what advice counseling is available, like, on the sat phone or wherever they're calling from in an emergency? And who do they talk to when they call?
2: Is it initially a triage yeah. person, I assume, and then they see what the issue is and go from yep. there to, yeah.
1: yeah. It really depends. Um, so, for example, um, we had a gentleman this spring um, who was fishing in the stayshell. So, if anybody uh, listening doesn't know where that is, it's, it's literally in the middle of nowhere.
2: It's <laughs> a long way.
1: Uh, off the, so, yeah, it is. It's a long way. It takes you almost almost three days to get there, I mean, of, of travel oh. if you're coming from the U.S. And uh, it, it's one of these smaller islands that are just, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, this gentleman was getting off of his boat and put his foot in the water and a trevally, a giant trevally fish. So it's called a GT in the fishing world. Um, they're, they're normally not aggressive. They are a predator fish, but they're not aggressive toward humans. And so uh, this fish actually bit uh, into his foot. And if you've seen a trevally, they've got two kind of dagger teeth and then they've got one, like a beak on the bottom. And um, anyway, the, it bit right through his and uh, this gentleman, you know, he calls us up, and, uh, you know, one of uh, one of our associates builds that call. You know, he calls us up and says, hey, I just had this happen. I am in the middle of nowhere. And in his situation, you know, it wasn't like, you know, he wasn't going to die and you know, he wasn't bleeding out.
2: However,
1: he is so far out in the middle of nowhere, you know, he, he definitely, you know, we're glad he called
2: uh, mm-hmm.
1: because once our physician finally weighed in, uh, you know, she was like, "Yes, we need to key back you," and yeah, he, he was upset. He was day two on a five day trip, and so he was—he was pretty upset. He didn't want to go out, and she basically said, "Do you want to lose your foot, or do you want to keep fishing?" Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know. And then there was he, a thirty was, a second silence room. as he
2: calculated that. Hmm, I'd <laughs> rather keep fishing. Yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, just to, you know, schedule that trip and do all the work. But, right. you know, essentially what happened is he called in. He'll talk to our, our uh, main point of contact, our, our member services team. You know, they'll fill the call. And, um, you know, like I said, within a minute they're, they're talking to, you know, either a certified nurse or a, uh, you know, a metal, medical technician or medical uh, personnel. And then if need be, uh, we have five doctors that are on uh, call at any given time and they will weigh in on the situation if the, um, if the paramedic or the nurse feels that they need to. And so we'll usually shoot that over to them. And in his case, you know, we wanted to do, you know, we were talking by sat South- phone, but they did have um, Wi-Fi there. So he moved into the lodge eventually, and we took a look at his foot uh, via Wi-Fi. But, you know, if you were in, you know, Alaska or, you know, British Columbia, one of these other remote locations, to Tum- Kimchaka, Tumchak- Russia, um, you know, you would call in with a cell phone and and do require that you have, we have that two way communication. And if you can't call an email or text, that's another way to communicate with us. Um, But uh, I think there's a standard misconception uh, across the world with um, some of these spot devices and just GPS uh, devices where you click on this SOS button. Um, There's a lot of people to think that, Hey, you know, I'm going to click that button and then they just sit there and wait and uh, that is not a perfect system. Uh, that is not a evacuation plan in my opinion. And, and I personally have gone through some of that where, you know, you push that button and it's, it's a waiting game and, and, uh, you know, supposedly they're supposed to contact you. Um, but I think there's a notion, you know, across the world right now that, you know, Hey, that SOS button. Yeah, it, it's not exactly a hundred percent foolproof. I, I wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket. So, um, It's a great program, and and sat phones are great, and they they definitely get the word out, but, you know, if you're in an emergency situation, you want to get the wheels spinning quick, and that's what we're really good at.
2: You know, I've thought the same thing. I do have one of the spot um, devices, and I also have a sat phone. I just wonder how often those spot devices, the emergency call is is activated by mistake. There must be so many false activations that um, there's... You'd think that the system would get to where they sort of assume initially, well, there's probably not anything, but we'll look into it as opposed to calling yeah. and talking to somebody right. saying, this is the situation and this is how dire it is and and there's it's got to cut down the lag time before things get activated
1: exactly yeah. and 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 I can explain how those work and and that's exactly it. I've got several uh, um, you know friends and and buddies that are actually. Um, on search and rescue, um, I've got uh, a buddy that uh, he does all the Coast Guard or does a lot of the Coast Guard uh, rescue missions in Alaska. And you it's just unreal how many people are pressing that button when they're getting on their plane or they're doing this, that, or the other. And they get those emergency beacons that go out. And so what happens when you push that SOS button is it sends a signal out and then there's a, a third-party company that monitors that signal. And then it's their job to relay that message to the authorities. In, in some cases, um, you know, with the newer devices, they'll usually reach out to you before they'll even call um, to the authorities. So again, you would hit that button, it would have to be monitoring the signal at that given time, um, or when it comes back around on the signal, then from there, that individual would, you know again, send that out to an emergency service or verify with you before it even happens. So, there's definitely a delay, and then you know on the other side, you, know, you talk to some of these uh, search and rescue officers, and they're like, "Oh, it's a joke." I mean, sometimes we'll show up, and you know nothing, nothing's wrong, but then other times they do show up and they save a person's life. So you know you got to wonder how serious they take a lot of those SOS buttons. Um, like I said, it's it's definitely not a plan that I would rely on. Cell uh, phone is, is definitely the way to go, or some way to communicate. I mean, like I said, you can email or text us. So with some of the newer technologies and devices nowadays, you know, you get satellite service on your cell phone, um, you know, while you're in Alaska for, you know, 10 days if need be, you know, you just hook up that service and, and then you're able to communicate worldwide, which is great.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. Yeah. And that and when we did uh, our, our northern hunts with Jennifer, um, we would contact you guys first and say, we're going to go, just so you know, we're going to arrive at our destination on whatever, Monday, and we will um, contact you. And they gave us a, a number to text and sort of a test thing. This is where we are. Um, did you receive our thing? And, and and it also sends a location deal. But we preferred to have a conversation with somebody before we went up there and say, this is Jennifer's circumstance. Just so you know, remember members, here's our member number. And this is the sort of things that she might have issues with pulmonary wise or whatever. And, um, you know, and then we just sort of touch base with them and they know where we are. And, and in the event of something coming up, at least they have a heads up that, okay, we know this person and, you know, we are aware of some of the challenges she might have and that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. We love, we love getting trial itinerary just because it gives us more information when something does happen down. then, you know, our our operations team are going to be able to to act that much more quickly, especially if we've got a list of conditions, you know, pre-existing health conditions that are going on, or, you know, we just know that you're in the area. And then, again, with our app, we can ping you or you can ping us and let us know, you know, your location, which is just, you know, realistically a game changer in the fact that, you know, if if we're trying to keep you out in a timely manner, that could be the difference in saving your life or not. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Jen. Oh, well, I was just... Go ahead, it is your podcast, yeah. allegedly. he keeps stealing my questions. <laughs> 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 Talking about, like, pinging, um, if someone were, like, to get lost, maybe they're not quite injured yet, but they have no clue where they are and they're lost, do you guys help kind of get them out of that as well? If they, like, send you their location or not?
1: So, yeah, so search and rescue is, is really not our, our thing. I mean, it, it's tough. If, if they don't have a satellite device or some type of device that we can ping their location, um, we will assist in, in those uh, rescue operations for search and rescue. Um, in fact, we just did one for a guy who was about 600 miles off the coast of North Carolina. Um, you know, His motor uh, died on him, and he ended up just drifting uh, about 200 miles to the southwest. Oh, no, southeast, I'm sorry, yeah. And, uh, you know, that was a situation where we, we followed along the whole way. We, we sent two of our advisory guys down, uh, to insist in that situation. Cause, you know, again, we've got some experts that are, uh, that are great with land navigation, you know, field navigation, those kind of things. And so we do a lot of advising and, and, and whatever we can in those situations. Uh, most of the time, if it's, if it's somewhere, you know, uh, in North America, um, you know, search and rescue is going to take lead on that over us. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, we'll advise on it. But if it's outside the country, uh, yeah, we, we can try to take lead. However, uh, it doesn't guarantee that we're going to be able to get you out or anything like that, you know, having a membership with us. Um, but again, we'll advise and do as much as we can.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: You know, I didn't know, Justin, that you guys had an app until you mentioned that. So as I'm sitting here I'm loading it on my phone, looking at it. I, You know, we have an inReach and a sat phone, but I wasn't aware of the option to ping somebody through your app. And can that be done through your satellite oh, device yeah. as well? I mean, through your yeah. phone, through yeah. the satellite uh, device?
1: Yeah. So, so, well, that doesn't work through the app. But what you can do is you can put, um, so like I mean, a lot of your spot devices, so that, that, device that have an SOS button, it, yeah. it sends a signal out to it. Um, to a frequency, you can actually program those devices to send an uh, inquiry message to Global Rescue Operations Center and um, by doing so, like if you have one of the newer devices, you can respond via text or via email through that and um, you can program it in there so it will hit us and then you never have any of the accidental pushes because then you have us just responding immediately like, hey, you know, is everything okay and I'm just checking in. And, uh, you know, we advise all of our members to do it that way if possible. And then, of course, you can have the app. But the app doesn't have service everywhere. You know, you have to have some type of connection, right. um, if that makes sense. But, yeah, the app is great for general travel. Um, and if you're going in, in any of those remote locations, like I said, if you have some of those stat devices that will enable your cell phone app service, uh, um, you know, then you can use it uh, via the app as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. I see. Well, there you go, Dad. Um, so when you were talking about, like, other – do you ever have is- issues getting into other countries? If do, Are there some cases where they won't let you in or you kind of have to, like, go through some trouble getting there? Or is it usually kind of pretty easy to get in there and get a client out if they needed you? Yes. Yeah,
1: so uh, let me kind of rephrase that question. Like you're asking it, if it's hard to get into a country – uh, um, can we assist in that? And if it's you know if it's tough getting out of the country, can we assist in that as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely, we have uh, we have a full legal team. We have an intelligence team that works. Uh, you know, especially in some of these uh, situations. If you if you were to look up, uh, if you were to Google "Global Rescue Arab Spring," um, that whole incident. And, um, you know, we, we helped get an entire school out
0: um,
1: of individuals that where no one was leaving the country. But, you know, we privated, uh, we chartered a private plane to go in there, land on the runway, load these uh, students up and get them out, and, you know, got them to the uh, closest medical facility and, you know, where they would be able to fly home to, to their families. And so, yes, definitely, um, if, if there were some type of civil unrest or a sticky situation when you're anywhere in the world we would advise you to call us and and we would love to try to help you know uh, do anything we can to to get you out of the country if possible a lot of times what what we recommend to do is sit tight especially in like some type of civil unrest or terrorist attack you know sit tight unless we think the situation is going to get worse then you know we would advise you to get get you out but you know everything's situational Mm. um i think you know, it depends on the situation that's going on, and then, you know, our our um, our three different legs, you know, the medical, security, and intelligence teams will get together, and, and they huddle up, and they'll figure out, you know, the best course of action in moving you to a safe location, especially in, you know, some type of civil unrest.
0: Wow. That helps. That's cool. I did not know you guys did that as well. Um, and also kind of like the question kind of went two ways. So the other kind of way of that question was, do you ever have someone who's stuck in a country and like is injured or needs help to get out of there in that country, like has an issue letting you in to get your client out? Like, does that make sense? Um, you mean like Russia yeah, or something? That yeah. And they're like, no, you can't come in here. Well, I mean, I think, <laughs> yes, there,
1: there are definitely countries that have issues with Americans. Let's just put it that way. Um, the nice thing is, is we've ha- we have, A lot of different nationalities that work for us and we have locals um, in most countries it'd be really hard you'd be hard-pressed to find individuals that we don't have um, you know contacts in in certain areas in some of the most remote locations in the world Um, and so no usually we'll contact either uh, someone in in that country or we will contact uh, one of the neighboring countries uh, and, and find one of our assets that we have in the area, and that's that's due to our operations team working you know super diligently those first few years that um, Dan Richards set up the company in you know vetting out partners, and now we've just got a a you know plethora of of partners and assets in these countries that we can work with, and so. I would say, you know, in the last 10 years, we've never had an incident in getting somebody out. Um, The only time uh, that it does get touchy is is sometimes when somebody passes away, um, you know, or we lose somebody or a plane goes down. Yeah, I don't want to get into too many details, but, you know, just recently we had a plane go down. Um, Well, we didn't, but Mm -hmm. uh, one of our partners had a plane go down in Central America and, Four of the gentlemen that were on the plane every single one of them passed away hmm. unfortunately and uh, yeah the you know the area that they were um, the uh, local I'm trying to word this nicely local authorities uh, were almost holding those uh, their bodies ransom oh,
0: really? and
1: so yeah and, and, and weren't letting them out and again we contacted some of our locals that we knew in the area and we were able to get all four of those bodies home which is—it's unfortunate that it works that way, but uh, you know that's something to think about. So, you know, if you do, yeah, if you were to pass away when you're outside the country, or you know, even inside the country, we will help you get, uh, you know, get the body uh, home. You know, so if it's a loved one or uh, something like that, which in this case, all all four of these gentlemen were, um, you know, fathers uh, of families, and so to get them home was a big deal, and so. You know, like I said, we can't save them all. You know, in this case, as uh, a perfect scenario, but just to get the bodies home was was a very big deal, and so we'll do that as well. I mean, our our operations team is is doing so much around the clock. I mean, I can't I can't keep up with it. You know, I hear a lot, but um, it's incredible what we're doing.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah,
2: we were on my wife and I were on a a trip to the Caribbean, and um, it was one of those all inclusive resort deals and. One of the guys that was snorkeling, he died during the snorkeling thing. And he was an elderly gentleman, and he just was bobbing out there. And we were, and it was time for us to leave, and he was dead. And so they, they, they put oh. him on the boat. It was very traumatic for his wife. They were, they were both in their 80s. And um, he was in kind of feeble health anyway. And she wasn't overly surprised that he passed away, but it was still a traumatic deal. But to get him back into the United States was a, a big deal for her. It was a very expensive you know the logistics it was fairly early in the trip and she was working with this trying to working with her family and making contacts trying to be able to get him home was a big deal i wasn't aware that you guys offered those kind of services too as part of the the, um membership
1: Yep, we do definitely it's it's a it's one of those added uh bonuses to this type of membership i mean if you're going for a week or two for less than two hundred dollars you know, you can you can purchase that ease of mind. Uh, you know, and uh, I tell I tell customers, I tell clients, I tell the organizations that I work with, um, that, hey, I hope you never call us, but if you do, you know, we're we're a good person or a good company to have in your back pocket.
2: Um,
1: you know, I'll say, Hey, don't call me unless you know, it's just a courtesy call but uh you know, if you have to, please do. You know, we're that's what we're here for, but um you know, yeah. It's you know, we do. There's a lot of things that that go into a, a membership at Global Rescue, and and uh, you know, being the hunting and fishing manager, um, you know, it, it's incredible. Some of the things that I get to see and do, and uh, the people I get to interact with. Um, you know, I love it. I love what we're doing, and and uh, you know, we're like I said, are it's not a perfect system, but mm. we do our best. For
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, and kind of how I knew of this was you guys help get people out if they were injured or things like that so hearing all the different things that you guys are able to do is really interesting and it just shows how much you guys um kind of do with your clients so um obviously we're hunters so we know like the outdoorsman part of you that you guys are able to help with but what percentage of your clients are not outdoorsmen? um
1: there's a lot we've You know, I work, um, obviously, you know, I just said I'm I'm the hunting and fishing manager, so, Mm -hmm. you know, I work with all of our outdoor organizations, all of our outfitters, Mm -hmm. conservation groups, um, you know, like the Wild Sheep Foundation, and uh, so, you know, that's one side of it. And then um, we also work with, uh, you know, adventure travel, so a lot of trekking, climbing, skiing, um, you know, scuba diving, sport fishing, you know, those kind of things as well. And then, uh, you know, yachting, uh, sailing, you know, those, those that way. And then we do uh, enterprise. So we've got, you know, we work with banks and, and big uh, corporate organizations all over the world. And then we have a school division that works with, you know, the study abroad programs and uh, church services, missionaries, that kind of thing. And then uh, we actually work with NASA, National Geographic, Discovery...
2: So you guys would yeah. like yeah. go up to Mars if somebody got stuck up there from NASA? That'd
0: be so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that'd be that's, awesome. That's, Hang
2: on, we have our own jet. We'll be there in a minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, hold
1: on. We're, we're going We got our own spaceship. Uh, <laughs> so the NASA, you know, we get asked that question quite a bit. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So if they're in the moon, you'll go get them. Well, not exactly. So our uh, our agreement with them kicks in once they get on. Uh, uh, you know, on the world. So I'm back on Earth. Back on our right. earthly soil or <laughs> water—that's that's when we kick in. But um, it's funny that we we always get get asked that question. But yeah, we work with NASA, um, you know, National Geographic. So you know, we're kind of all over the place. We we work with Olympic teams, um, you, you know, the, the U.S. Ski and Snowboard teams, uh, the American Alpine Club. So you know, we we don't discriminate. We save lives, and that's that's kind of Dan Richards' model. He yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't care who you are. If you're in a sticky situation, um, you know we'll get you out. And, and it's not exclusive to members, uh, believe it or not. So we have a number of people call us all the time because they know our reputation and, and our ability to get people out of sticky situations. And so um, if you're not a member, you can still call us, and uh, we will help you. The only difference is is that you might get a bill at the end.
2: <laughs> sure. It's, you know. it's well you guys are basically an insurance policy, right? I mean you can you can buy the insurance up front or you yep. can pay the a la carte price afterwards for the services yep. probably. I'd imagine that's how that would work.
1: Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you know, we're we are a membership organization, so it is a type of insurance. I mean if if we define insurance, the word, but uh, you know, we're not like a regular insurance company that, you know, like I said, travel insurance, health insurance. We're a rescue uh, organization that, uh, you know, we have over a million members. And um, like I said, we we, uh, we save lives and we work uh, every day, day in, day out to better ourselves and better uh, ourselves as a company. So.
2: That's awesome. You listed a lot of things that you guys, you know, cater to would would you say that the majority of your members though are not doing things in the outdoors they're just doing international travel or just getting it for just just in case or what wh- is that the majority of it or is most of it people that are you know it, adventuring into the outdoors and want it as uh, as an insurance policy type thing yeah
1: no i i would definitely say that the majority is adventure travel gotcha. um you know as a whole um if we're talking you know, as a whole, hunting, fishing, um, mm-hmm. you sure. know, skiing, biking, running, you know, all over the country, um, and then you know, after that, I'm um, is, is everything else. So, um, it's it's kind of how Dan Richards really built the company up with, you know, hey, if you're going to go go on these crazy trips, um, you might as well have someone in your in your back pocket to call if something goes wrong. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you said you have you can get into a bunch of different countries. Um, do you kind of maybe like borrow like a helicopter or anything f- like that's closer or do you have kind of areas where you can get access to a helicopter or any kind of vehicle to get people out of there?
1: Definitely. Um, so when I say that we have five centers worldwide, those are strategically placed. So if an individual, uh, you know, gets hurt in South Africa, North Africa, um, those different centers, have access to, uh, you know, planes, helicopters, uh, you know, both vehicles, any means of transportation or the quickest way of transportation to get to that individual. Um, you know, like I said before, we, we've got local assets in the area nine times out of ten, and then, you know, we'll deploy our personnel if the situation demands it. So, you know, uh, again, coming back to if it's situational, if, if you, you know, hurt yourself, in a drastic manner, and you need to be me back, um, and we know that we, that we need to get you out, um, we'll spin up the wheels on the ground side and then also spin up the wheels uh, from our operations center side, and we will deploy our operations personnel to get there as soon as possible. Um, you know, we've got a base camp team that camps out on um, some of the bigger climbing mountains uh, around the world, um, so, like Everest, uh, you know, we've got a team that they're stationed uh, for for almost a month and a half. Um, they they stayed there the whole time because we perform so many evacuations in that area. that really? It's just it's worth, it's worth it for us to have a team there. Wow. So,
0: um, do you have well? Are most of your clients? I'm assuming are in the U.S. But do you have other clients that are from other countries that like use you guys as well?
1: definitely um uh, yeah we you know obviously the the majority um of our clients are from the US but we uh, we work with all nationalities and uh yeah we don't discriminate like i said before we we're in the business of saving lives and you know we don't care who you are or what you've done we'll we'll get you out
2: <laughs> awesome do you 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 gave us a couple of um sort of instances do you have could you walk us through um a situation where there was a, a mountain rescue and, and kind of what happened with that. You know, of course, obviously keeping it uh, anonymous for the person. But can you give the listeners an idea of what happened to somebody or a hypothetical, if you don't have a specific example, and the pieces yeah. that were mobilized and what the and how that um, was able to take place?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. Um so, uh, you know, I've got a few of them, um, the one that comes to mind is uh, we had a gentleman who was uh, moose hunting in British Columbia, and he's on top of a horse, and the horse actually tripped and fell over the top of him and crushed his leg in like uh, six different spots on, the, on, on, one, of the, on one of his legs, so, you know, from there, you know, he, he obviously had global rescue, he had told his guide that he had global rescue, um, you know, they called us up. Um, our operations team, you know, sets the situation. And in that particular scenario, we had a local asset that was in the area that was actually an outfitter, um, but he knew his waist so well around those mountains that he was able to land a plane. I want to say it was like a mile and a half away, which you know, it may not seem that close, but this is a spot that you're not getting a helicopter in. I mean, he's so deep in. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there would be hours before they could actually get a helicopter in, and we needed to get him out. Um, so they landed, and, and they moved him. and got him down to the plane and, and got him out quickly. And, and he had several um, blood clots. I mean, there, there, were, there were a number of situations that they could have went, you know, from bad to way worse. Um, and ultimately would have killed him if we didn't get him out in a timely manner. So, you know, because um, we had a local in the area, I mean, we didn't even use the local authorities in that case. Um, and this is this is Canada, you know. This is an area that should be, you know, relatively good. And, and they do; they have grit, you know, excellent in our rescue services. But you know, again, we just had a local that could get there quick enough, and and one of our operations team just knew that, and uh, you know, we got him. Uh, you know. Relocated him back to uh, the nearest medical facility, and then, um, if warranted, we will actually um, evacuate to your home hospital. And so, we ended up bringing him all the way uh, back home to the United States, um, and you know, got him all taken care of here, here stateside. Another scenario that comes to mind is uh, we actually had a lady a couple years ago that was gored by a cape buffalo, and. they snapped. Yeah, snapped her spine, and she's mm-hmm. now paraplegic. Ooh. And uh, yep. So South Africa is you know, obviously a pretty big area for us. We did, I want to say, sixty evacs this year yeah. uh, in Africa. Uh, majority of those being South Africa. So yeah, we worked down there quite a bit. Anyway, for this uh, particular lady, we we got her out as quickly as possible. I mean, she had a gaping hole in her back. And her spine was snapped by this, uh, the Black Death, you know, in Cape yeah. Buffalo. And uh, Eva her to Johannesburg, and we wanted to bring her home. Um, she was in a, a good uh, medical facility in Johannesburg, but we wanted to bring her home and, and have her worked on by some of her local doctors and, and the surgeon that would specialize in, in helping her. And she had to stay in that medical facility because she wasn't. Um, her body just would, would not recover enough to transport her back home. And she had to stay there for almost a month. And mm-hmm. uh, we had medical personnel that were stationed there. Uh, we're a bedside advocate with her for the whole entire time. And, uh, you know, she got her out eventually. And she was operated on. And, uh, you know, she, if you hear her tell the story, I amazing. Mean, she, she gets very emotional. And she mm-hmm. said, you know, I wouldn't give it to the day if, for Global Rescue and so it's kind of a cool uh, yeah. scenario situation to be a part of and, and I've met her and you know she's, she's just so grateful to be alive yeah, you know and, and but, so yeah, yeah very you know everything again is, is situational but um, but you know we'll do what we can to, to get you out and save your life ultimately
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's pretty amazing we, we um, one of our um, family friends they've uh, they've got a child with cystic fibrosis, and they were traveling to Italy, and he started coughing up blood—a significant amount of bleeding. And one of the things that can happen with cystic fibrosis is you can get—you um, can get some of these cysts that are within the lungs. They can rupture, and you can tear a blood vessel, and, really, and you can have significant bleeding. You can bleed to death. And they took um, their son to the hospital in Italy, and they were administering medication to try to help stop the bleeding. Um, they wanted to operate on on him, but the parents knew that if they put him under, they would never get him off a ventilator because his lung function wasn't very good. Um, and the, the dad was on the phone with, to a hospital in the United States and they were recommending what to do, um, at the clinic, you know, that he went to the cystic fibrosis clinic. They had him talking to the pulmonologist and he was telling them what they were recommending, but it, it almost became a physical altercation to get him out of the hospital in Italy and get him on a jet to get him back to the United States to get him taken care of. Because the care they were giving him there wow. was just the wrong stuff. And the medications they were giving him to stop the bleeding, they were giving, giving them to him orally. But they were an IV medication. And the language issue, etc., was a really difficult situation. But, you know, for us, obviously, for Jennifer, we get outdoors. And we are in situations that can be pretty dangerous just because of the elements and the potential for falling or being at altitude or the exertion but um, people that have significant health issues really need to consider the possible need for your services Mm. just on a vacation you know
0: yeah is that something that you guys would be able to help with like maybe help get him home or maybe send someone out to Italy to kind of help the doctors with with the language barrier and stuff
1: for sure so you know I'm not I'm not I'm not a physician I'm not medical by any standard Uh, you know but uh, in that situation for sure we would have Personnel uh, to be bedside advocate, making sure he's getting the care he needs, and then eventually evacing uh, him to his, his home hospital. Uh, yeah, definitely in that scenario, we would have we would have kicked in for sure.
0: Wow, uh, um, like I kind of said earlier, it's crazy um, hearing everything that you guys do from you. It's amazing to hear because. Um, kind of going into this podcast, I just kind of thought, oh, like if you were injured or anything, they would help to get you out. But you guys do so, so much in any situation, if anybody needed it, not just hunters, um, in any case at all. So, um, is there anything else that maybe we didn't talk about that you would like the listeners to know? No, no,
1: I think, I think we've covered, you know, uh, the basis of, of what global rescue does. I mean, to be a hundred percent honest, we're so diversified. I don't even know everything that we do, you know, I do. I feel privileged to uh, you know work with such a great company and and work in the hunting and and fishing industry uh, you know because those are my passions so you know to work with individuals and organizations that that support conservation and and hunting and fishing around the world is is you know great for me and and uh, but you know Global Rescue as a whole you know we do we do some great things and, and we're just happy to be here and uh, you know be safe while you travel.
0: Yeah, um, exactly. and uh, I, I did talk to you And Reno. I remember going up to you guys' kind of booth at the Wild Sheet Foundation and talking to you guys. Um, it was after I had finished my Grand Slam, but it was good to talk to you guys and kind of hear a little bit about what, about what you guys do then, but it was great to talk to you today. Um, and just thank you guys for being there uh, if I needed you. Thankfully, I did not, uh, but having you guys there was definitely uh, major part in me being able to go on the mountain and, and thank you for taking your time to talk to us today uh it was great talking to you and hearing all the things that you guys do uh, it's definitely a lot more than i thought and i think it's really awesome uh, the services you guys provide for people
2: yeah justin it's time for me to um renew our family membership which we will gladly do it's something you know we we spend a lot of time in the outdoors a lot of traveling and it just gives us peace of mind knowing that we've got somebody that has our backs that can help us with not just Jennifer, but all of our potential um, emergencies or issues or advice or whatever. And um, glad to have you guys out there. And it's awesome that uh, you're available to provide the services that you do.
1: Yeah. Thank, hey, thanks for the invite. And I'm uh, more than happy to, to talk through it. And, and uh, yeah. We'll see you out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hopefully not a bad situation. Um, but really quickly, <laughs> I will obviously link Global Rescue's website in the show notes. But if they do want to become a membership, I'm assuming they just go to the website and kind of do it from there.
1: Yeah, you can uh, sign up. You can call into our uh, you know global number or uh, toll free number uh, as well as uh, globalrescue.com. You can sign up right via the website and. Uh, yeah, super
0: super easy process for sure. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today and taking uh the time out of your day. It was great hearing everything that you guys provided, and it was great talking to you and hopefully I get to see you in Reno in January or February whenever sheep show is. Uh, this year. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. It was thank great you. talking to you.
2: Thank you so much Yay, Justin. Yeah, I'll be there. See you guys. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Thanks sir.
0: All right. Uh, well, that was so interesting. I know I say I say a lot of the words a lot. My vocabulary isn't that broad. Um, yeah, that's true. But it was really But cool. you at least,
2: you know, don't fall over when you talk anymore like you used to.
0: Wow, that's mean. Yeah. Um, but no, that was...
2: But if you did and got hurt, we could call Global Club Rescue. Global they Rescue. could come and get you.
0: Yes. See, it uh, works in every situation, even if you're just being bullied by your father. Um, oh, that's I wonder mean. if you can contact CPS through them.
2: If you could spell it, you might be able to find it, but I, I feel pretty safe.
0: Mm, That's mean. Um, No, but like I said multiple times, I originally just thought of it as like an evac service as in emergencies, but hearing everything that they do uh, to getting people out, even if they have passed away and getting them through, if you need an advocate by your side in a foreign place or foreign hospital, if you're stuck there and you can't get out. um, I think everything that they do is amazing, especially for people who aren't Hunters or anything like that. If you ever were to need anything, you can just call Global Rescue, and they will be there for you.
2: No, oh, awesome. It was neat, and you know, it'd actually be fun just to kind of check in with them periodically and just hear the stories. We like yeah. to watch those those I shows. I shouldn't have survived, and what's your mom liked to watch SOS. Uh, I don't know, not but um, no, those ones are actually pretty good. Oh, really? Yeah, it's actually pretty good. That that SOS show ta- teaches you things that you can do in, in case of oh, an emergency yeah. and stuff like that. But I don't know if they they do have some videos on their website, but they could probably have a pretty cool um, running show every week mm-hmm. about things where they help save people's lives, you know, and I'm with as many members as they have and such a diverse um, array of activities that people are involved with, I'm sure they've got some pretty awesome stories. So we might have to check in with them once in a while and just do the so-there-I-was yeah. kind of thing. <laughs>
0: yeah. So
2: there somebody was, and this is how it worked out. It's yeah, cool. and I
0: looked at their website, and they – are linked with like john hopkins hospital um elite medical group and partners Healthcare. um so they have a bunch of connections to hospitals and places i remember reading it they have like a doctor working for them like that's from singapore i believe and so they have people in different places which i think is um which i think is really important especially if you are in the middle of nowhere in russia or whatever and you need help getting out like i said they have like five major places where they get people from and and you know, it seems to me like they thought of most things if you ever were to need them.
2: Well, Jen, you mentioned John, Johns Hopkins and they a very prestigious medical school, and I guess that's where they have. They're based out of a lot of their doctors, or at mm-hmm. least their center is from there. But i got to throw out this movie line from uh, Step Brothers. Yeah, shocker. it's amazing.
0: Where did he go to medical school?
1: He went to Northwestern and Johns Hopkins. Is that good enough for you? No, it's not. Well, Brennan, those are very prestigious schools (laughs) i smoked pot with johnny hopkins (laughs) you don't know anyone named johnny hopkins it was johnny hopkins
2: and sloan kettering and they were blazing that shit up every day (laughs) anyway sorry but i had to do that whenever you do johns hopkins i gotta oh takes me back to that that movie line well anyway it was we're very grateful justin took the time and to come on and tell us that and and Mm -hmm. as i said it's um we're believers. We will continue to do that because yeah. it gives us a lot of um, peace of mind and options in case there are problems. Mm-hmm. So,
0: Yeah. And like we have mentioned, it's not just for hunters, it's not just for outdoorsmen. And if you need them, they will be there. And he did say you don't have to be a member to call them. You just might get charged. Oh, you so. will. I'm sure. I mean, oh, yeah, gonna, you will get charged.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's like everything else. It's better to pay for the membership up front than try to pay for things as you do it. Those... Um, those jets get pretty expensive.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So check them out for sure. Uh, you just heard they're a great service and if you ever were to need them, they will be there for you. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, uh, and if you're new to this podcast, welcome to the podcast. And if you are a listener who is coming back, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate you guys listening to my podcast. If you have any comments or requests or anything at all, please feel free to contact me. Um, I am on Instagram the most, so that's the best way to contact me. Um, But leave a comment, leave a review. I love hearing from you guys. Yes,
2: please leave her a review. Please leave her a rating. Um, uh, The podcast is doing very well. We'd like to try to increase our availability to people. And the more reviews... And ratings we get, the higher it shows up in the searches and the more likely people can find us. So
0: Yes, all right. So thank you guys so much for listening and thank you to Justin for talking to us about Global Rescue. Uh, and you know, life is short and so am I. And I'm just trying to make the most out of every day and I hope that you guys do too. I hope you all have a great journey and you make it an epic one.